The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Ross, we're brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. April 1st at 7.30 p.m., SGP will be at the Ice House in Los Angeles. So come hang out with the crew. All the info is available at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, March 21st. Here to get into our fifth division preview of the six total divisions in the MLB. We are about, what, nine to ten days away from the MLB season. And tonight we will be covering the AL Central Division. But first, joining me, you guys know him as one of the co-hosts here on the MLB Gambling Podcast. And, of course, on the college experience, fresh from Vegas. You can hear it in his voice. It's Noah Beanick. Noah, what's going on, my man? What's going on, guys? Uh, thanks, Munaf. And yeah, just got in from Vegas. First trip ever out there. So that was loads of fun. Um, but it's it's nice having that as like a good transition into uh, full-time baseball season. So I'm ready to go. I've uh, been doing it for college baseball for about a month, but MLB ramping up. Everybody loves that season. So let's jump into it, boys. I'm ready. Yeah. Nine to ten days away, like I mentioned. But also... Joining us here to help us break down the AL Central, we've been having some great friends of the show and guests, and we've got another one here for you guys today. You can find them weekly with Katie Mox on Moxie Bets, a big better from what I've heard from Katie, but he's a gentleman. He knows his stuff here to help us break it down. It's Kenny Bets Big. Kenny, what's going on, my man? What's going on, guys? Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. Nine days away, man. Where where did the time go, right? It just feels like, uh, you know, we were just watching the Astros win another World Series, but I'm excited. So I'm definitely pumped to get into it with you guys. Yeah, I know we're just talking offline and it seems like that baseball season just kind of really creeps up on us. Like after NFL and the Super Bowl is over, it's like, okay, there's just like period where we have college basketball going on and then we have the NBA still going. But then like as soon as March hits, it's like, Damn, we got to start prepping for MLB season. But uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I say this on every single pod that I do, that baseball is like probably like my number one sport that I love talking about and, and betting on. So um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun when we talk about it. It's a grind for sure because we have, what, anywhere from like 13 to 15 games a day, except for the travel days. But it's definitely a lot of fun. Kenny, I know you were, we were talking offline um, and – you are a Mets fan. I know one of our co-hosts, Dylan Rockford, he's a Mets fan as well. I know we will we'll save the, the Mets conversation kind of a teaser towards the end of the show. When we uh, talk about some things outside of the AL Central Division with Kenny. But um, anything that's kind of stood out to you as far as going into the season? I know there's been some injuries. I don't know if you've been watching the World Baseball Classic with like, one of your guys going down. Jose Altuve suffered an injury. Um, and then also, if you want to also discuss any of the things that kind of stood out to you with the rule changes as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we've heard a couple players uh, like Scherzer, another famous Met there. He's been pretty outspoken about how the World Baseball Classic, the timing of it is just not very ideal um, just because these guys, you know, they go from 
pretty much hanging out on the couch or training by themselves to getting full right into it in game game situations. So yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. Edwin Diaz uh, getting hurt in the all time Mets fashion uh, celebrating, <laughs> right. Can't be any more Mets than that. So that, that one hurts. Uh, but I w- it, it was pretty interesting to see the odds didn't really change a ton uh, on the Mets outlook for the world series. You know, you, you lose arguably the best closer in baseball. Uh, I kind of felt like the odds would have j- dropped down a little more, but they mm-hmm. kind of stayed right where they were between that eight plus 800 plus 900 range. So uh, yeah, and definitely. And then you mentioned the rules, you know, uh, I, I consider myself a baseball purist, just any sport purist, right? Like I, I feel like the game should be played as it was intended to be played. So not a huge fan of, of the, the, the pitch clock and, and you know, banning the shift and, and all these adjustments they're making. Um, I, I understand why they're doing it because the game has kind of slowed down significantly, but um, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to, you know, kind of wait and see the first few weeks before I, you know, before I really start betting heavy on these games to see, you know, does the pitch clock, is this really going to matter as much as people are making it out to seem? And, you know, so we'll kind of like see how teams kind of find their groove into, you know, you know, getting in with the new rules and stuff. Yeah. No, anything to add there? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think you did a great job covering it. And uh, no WBC slander for me at all, ever. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Have you been watching it? Oh, I mean, I have not had the greatest availability to it. Um, I was on vacation in Florida uh, two weeks ago, vacation in Vegas last week. Whenever it's been of like whenever I've been free to watch it, I have been. But uh, I, I love the energy and the passion that is just so visible in those games. And uh, yeah, I will defend that tournament till I die. <laughs> Well, tonight might be one of the. I know people will probably be listening to this after the the uh, the finals between Japan and and uh, Team USA, but I think it's anticipated to be one of the most watched uh, baseball game probably in the history of a any baseball game. I think we can talk about it, whether it's here in the states or whether it's internationally. So I, it's definitely going to be a fun final to watch for sure. But Kenny, you were talking about you know some of the changes that the rule changes that they have made for this upcoming season, really to benefit. You know, the offense to score more runs. And I don't think there's a, a, a division uh, that probably is going to benefit more than the rule change of this AL Central division because there were a lot of teams in this division that kind of finished well below league average last year as far as offensive output. When you talk about runs scored, we talk about home runs, hits, and things like that. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about that with each team as we kind of get into it here. So let's just dive right into it, guys. We'll kind of go from bottom, from bottom to top. Um, I know I've usually done it going from top to bottom, but we'll start with the bottom here because I feel like this is a division where right now the books are projecting three teams that have win projected totals of from 82 and a half to 86 and a half. And that's between the guardians, the twins and then the white Sox, and the two teams that they're kind of projecting to finish at the bottom of this division, the Kansas city Royals who have a win total of 69 and a half along with the Detroit Tigers. So let's just kick it off with the Detroit Tigers here. No, I know this is your team. Um, I think the first thing that we maybe people that probably started talking about baseball or maybe don't know about is that they've made changes to the actual stadium and the playing field there. Right, Noah? Yeah, that's correct. And don't get me started on this, too, because they wait until Miguel Cabrera can barely even move until they move in the walls. Like we were the worst hitter park in all of America and we have the best hitter in the whole league for 10 years and you move it in when he's 38 and 
I don't know. Um, Maybe his last but, season. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I I believe it will be. Uh, it's his retirement tour. Um, but it, you know, it helps out a couple of these young struggling hitters, and one of them from last year that I think really is going to benefit from it is Riley Green. Um, last year <clears throat> we were <laughs> just depressed Tigers fans going through it. Uh, Riley Green had four home runs or four would have been home runs with the center field moved in 12 feet like it will be now. And I mean, for any casual fan out there, our center field was labeled 420. It was actually 432 feet deep. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, uh, it was like a replica of uh, old Tiger Stadium where it was 440 to dead center. So, yeah, I mean. It really pissed me off. But anyways, let's jump into the team because I think this pitching staff, again, is just flying under the radar. Um, and the bullpen last year ranked in the top 10 in the league uh, in ERA. And this starting lineup, like starting rotation, I mean, is not pretty on paper. Um, but when you look at it and you look at the work that uh, our pitching coach has done um i'm drawing a blank on his name but he used to coach at michigan so shout out my wolverines ever since he's gotten here he's turned like rags to riches a guy that was barely with us at all last year but showed some signs of strength was eduardo rodriguez um and it was it was tough last year the situation that he was in he he left the team had no communication with us at all but when he came back he was just fine like and i think a full year with us he'd do great at that sp1 role and another guy that didn't really pitch with us at all was spencer turnbull coming off the of tommy john surgery but literally two starts before that tommy john surgery through no hitter um yeah. and then Matthew Boyd, he's familiar in the Tigers' threads. Michael Lorenzen, Malcolm's boy. Um, and then Matt Manning is okay. Uh, it's an SP5. He's young. We're trying him out. He's going to get like a month rental. And if he's not doing anything, if we're setting up low and away and he hits Justin Turner in the face high and in, that kind of shit, he's going to get set down. But this bullpen is super underrated, and it's not sexy on paper again. But, I mean, you look at Alex Lang, who's the closer, you're – He's projected to be in top half of the league in saves. Jason Foley, sub four ERA. Jose Cincinero, he's been great for us. Like literally, some of the projections have not been friendly on some of these guys. And a lot of the, I mean, shows that I listen to with the Tigers, it's like they don't. Uh, I, I don't know if they're doing their job properly because this bullpen in the years past has been great, and yeah. it's and it's been the strength of this team, quite frankly. And they're not sexy names, but going all the way down at the Will Vest, it's Tyler Alexander. Mason Angler might even make a push to make the starting rotation. He was a rule five pick out of the Ranger, but a dude's got nasty stuff. And then when you look at this lineup, how can it be worse than it, what it was last year? Um, Akil Badu broke it, broke onto the scene in 2022. Um, in the first two months, he was absolutely raking. Javier Baez had his worst career season ever. Yeah. Um, Riley Green, a lot of people expect much from him. And then Torkelson, I mean, is this the bounce back year for him? 
Um, a guy that I'm going to keep my eye on is Kerry Carpenter. I think he might be actually the most complete hitter on this team, but his defense is okay. So we're going to stick him at the DH role, um, 50 game or like 50% of the games. And then, uh, Miguel Cabrera is going to play one game in every city, I believe. Um, but another underrated piece that we grabbed was in the Gregory Soto trade. We got Nick Maton and yeah. Matt Veerling. And mm. Veerling's got plenty of speed. He's a great defensive outfielder. And Nick Maton's actually shined in uh, spring training. So there's a lot of promise with this team. Um, this 69 and a half does seem a little bit high. Because <laughs> 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 <we're all men. laughs> we, we are missing Tarek Skubal and Casey Myers. Those are yeah. starting pitcher one and starting pitcher two. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this team shocks some people because I, I, I see that <laughs> everybody couldn't be lower on this team than what they are right now. <laughs> and they, they could, they could win 72 games. <laughs> Kenny, talk to me about the uh, Tigers here. What are you thinking? Yeah. I, I mean, he pretty much just said what I was exactly just about to say. I think the, the, the fan viewpoint and a better viewpoint on the Tigers is couldn't be any lower than, than it is heading into the season. You look at what they did last season, a historically bad year for the offense, yeah. you know, dead last in the league in runs scored, and they still managed 66, 66 wins. So even if they get, you know, 10, 15% better, you don't think that would equate to five more wins on, on, on the total at the end of the year. I actually like the Tigers to go over their win total here. Um, you know, I, I think they will surprise a few people. Um, I think Torkelson is going to have a better year than he did last year. I think bringing the wall in should only help this team score more runs. Obviously, it will help other teams score more runs too. But, yeah. um, you know, just I, I, I think the struggles that they had last year, usually things regress to the mean, whether, you know, you have an amazing year on offense or a terrible year on offense. The following year, it usually con- comes back down to earth or you go back up to, to the mean. So uh, I, I actually like the Tigers. I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think they're going to compete for a playoff spot or a wild card spot, but I do think they can muster up, you know, 70 plus wins uh, on, on the year here. You mentioned Matt Manning, Matt Manning last year. Um, you know, he, he's a little erratic, a little all over the place. He's, he's not, not not an ace by any means, but if you watch some of his games down the stretch last year, he did start to put in some nice nice performances. So if you know the Tigers staff can build on that, uh, Matt Manning could turn into a nice nice arm for the Tigers this year. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm high on the Tigers. Yeah, I think there was a couple starts there where Matt Manning looked really good, right? I think he was dealing with some forearm issues after those couple starts where he looked pretty decent. So You're I right. think, you know, there's there's injury concerns like, you know, Noah touched upon about the guys that are coming back from serious injuries, guys that had Tommy John surgeries as well. So I think that, you know, for a team that pretty much as far as hits, uh, total hits, home runs and RBIs where they finished dead last in the entire MLB last year, you definitely think, like Kenny, you say that they should average out that positive regression is due for this team. And I think that, you know, like Noah talked about, bringing the infield in and, and the, 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 the dimensions now uh, out there in Comerica, I think that's really going to help uh, this these hitters. And, you know, it's going to help the other team as well. But, yeah, I, I think there's a way where we can see Detroit Tigers get 72, 73, 74 wins. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I agree. I think that they're not going to be competing for a playoff spot or even the division. But again, 
the year that Javi Baez had last year, I know we clowned on him so much throughout the uh, uh, on our podcast last year. He should have a bounce back year, right? You pay them so, this incredible amount of money. Um, so I think that at 69 and a half, I do think that they can get him to the realm of about 73, 74 wins here as well. Yeah, definitely not a lock for me like I locked the yeah. Tigers last year. Uh, very let down from it, not falling for that trap again. But, you know, <laughs> I would lean over as well. Like, I, I mean, I said under, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's the fandom in talking to you. They're, they're, they're yeah. spoken like a true fan. Taking yeah. under there. <laughs> so you're, you're a Tigers fan? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Tigers and Pirates. So we're both in the toilet, you know? So does losing Soto and, and Jimenez, the setup man, does that worry you a little bit? Because I was no. shocked when they traded Soto. He was one of the most electric closers in baseball. You know, he's was, a little wild, but... I was so happy when we got rid of Soto. Really? I think his stock was <laughs> the highest. It was the highest you could have got, like, from, for Soto. And, like... Definitely. I mean, he had all these saves with the Tigers. He's not a he's not a closer on another team, in my opinion, at least. In the Phillies, he's going to be like their fourth option back there. He's mm-hmm. behind he's behind um, um, the the other lefty they got, and then um, it, he's like their fourth option in the bullpen. But I felt like the timing of that trade was weird because I feel like usually you know you you see teams hold on to those relievers to like the midseason deadline like the trade deadline approaches because i feel like yeah. the, the the value for these relievers like skyrockets when a team you know in playoff contentions can get them but that's all we were also cleaning house we got scott harris in the building now it's a whole new front office i mean yeah. he literally like cleaned house got rid of a bunch of these middling uh you know nico goodrum for example sorry about him but he was gone last year i mean when he came around and like you know uh it's it's good to see that uh some of these guys have uh, exited the building but you know too much time on probably a team that's going to come in fourth in this <laughs> Let's get into the next team then. I think the team, a team that has the same win total as the uh, Detroit Tigers, and that's going to be the Kansas City Royals here with a win total of 69 and a half. Uh, Kenny, lead us off here, man. What are you thinking about the Royals for this upcoming year that has the same win total as the Detroit Tigers? Yeah, I, I would lean under on this one. Um, Royals, you know, nice team, a lot of young pieces. They got Bobby Witt Jr., one of the most electrifying young players in baseball. But that's about it, you know. Um, they 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 get Chapman in, in the off season, which is probably more just like kind of kind of hope and pray that he comes out, shoves for a few months, and they can deal him at by the deadline for you know a couple pieces to help with the rebuild. But yeah, they 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 didn't really do much. They didn't go out and you know sign a ton of players. They 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 haven't really changed their roster from last year to this year a ton. So I think we'll see kind of a little bit more of the same from last year to this year from from the Kansas City Royals. Um, I think they lost Mondesi to the Red Sox, right? I think yep. that's a big loss for them. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, again, don't want to spend too much time talking on a team that's probably going to finish last in the division. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, and I'll make this quick as well for the rules, is that I think the pitching is the biggest concern for me here as well because, yes, Brady Singer, uh, you know, came onto the scene last year's probably the or the pitcher for this for this rotation. Um, but outside of that, we talk about Zach Grinke, who was drafted in the first round in 2002. Last season, he was great at home last year for this Royals team, but on the road, he was just fade material when you were, you know, looking at when he was pitching. Uh, Jordan Lyles, again, another name. Ryan Yarborough, who's kind of been injured throughout his career as well. Brad Keller. So, again, we're seeing projections of, of those four other pitchers outside of Singer. 
to have ERAs of close to four and a half or worse, 4.50 or worse. So, uh, and again, on a team where Bobby Witt, yeah, one of the more exciting players and then one of the more electric players, like you mentioned there, Kenny. Uh, But outside of that, okay, uh, MJ MJ Melendez, another player, Salvador Perez had a great year last year as well. Um, But again, after that, it's, it's again, sometimes when I'm talking about these teams and looking at win totals or, even for teams to win a division or even win the World Series, I'm looking at pitching first. And again, this pitching staff doesn't excite me at all outside of Brady Singer. It's going to be guys that we're probably going to be fading all year as far as you know pitching matchups with this Kansas City Royals team. Uh, Noah, where are you at with the Kansas City Royals? I'm going to pump the brakes on throwing the whole pitching staff into this box. I'm just throwing the starting rotation into this box. It's a bottom five starting rotation in the league. This bullpen actually... Doesn't look too bad. Um, now, don't kill me if it. I mean, it's bottom half in the league, but I think this is a capability uh, bullpen that has a capability to come in like, you know, sixteenth to tenth um, in the MLB. I mean, you have Scott Barlow, who's going to probably end up closing some of these games out for you this year. You picked up a Roldis Chapman. You have Amir Garrett already back there. Those are two left-handed pitchers that you know Chapman's not throwing his 104 anymore but he's still throwing 97 it's a little bit more erratic than you would like it to be but it's totally worth the one-year deal just to have him as a rental there Amir Garrett like I mentioned Stalmont's throwing Ched triple digits from him and Josh Taylor the lefty from Boston who they acquired in the trade in the offseason this bull this bullpen's not too bad the starting rotation is really going to let it down, though, and these guys are going to be behind in a lot of games, I think. Um, and also, they have four, five good pieces in this lineup in Wit, Melendez, Perez, Pasquantino, and Nicky Lopez has actually surprised us in the World Baseball Classic and or Fran Mil Reyes if he can pan out here. Like, they took another chance on that guy. Loved that move for them. They picked him up as a free agent after, you know, the Cubs dropped him and Cleveland DFA'd him. Yeah. Fran Mill Reyes is another like power bet that they can bring in off the bench or they can put him in the DH role if MJ Melendez is capable of playing in the outfield. Um, I'm again on this under, um, but I, I like some of the pieces in the lineup and the bullpen I'm higher on than others. But uh, again, my lean is under here for the Royals. Yep. I think we're, it's a team right here on the under. Um, Again, I think this team will probably be the the, the bottom of the barrel, finishing also, fifth in this division. Here, also, um, one of my best leans, I guess, for this entire division and why I'm going to be on a few of these unders is the schedule change. So everybody's talking about rule changes, and that's um, being more talked about than the schedule change. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not playing everybody in this division, which has historically in the last 10 years been the worst division in baseball. You're going to have to play everybody in baseball at least Two, uh, at least one series this year, and yeah. their losses are going to be spread around. And a lot of these other teams are going to be picking up wins against the Royals and the Tigers. I didn't want to bring it up and put down my Tigers, but I'm, I'm going to put down <laughs> the Royals here. They, they're going to be donating uh, wins to other teams outside of the AL Central this year. Um, so I'm taking that into my handicapping it throughout this entire division. Something yeah. to think about too with the with the Royals. I mean, who knows how it will play out? Like you know, as the season progresses. But like you watch Zach Greinke with the new pitch clock and you know the the pitch com. He's having a world of trouble. He can't figure it out. A couple times he's got to just throw like a little sixty mile an hour curveball in there. Yeah. So you know those that could end up hurting his numbers down the stretch too. 
He's actually calling his own pitches some of these games too. So that's actually that's really cool uh, that they enabled that because I saw him and Scherzer. Uh, Scherzer, yeah, yeah, calling their own pitches. And I mean, Grakey's always been throwing those sixty-eight mile an hour curveballs in there just for fun. You know, there's always that one highlight from every start of his. I love it. Uh, Ken, anything else for the Royals? No, the Royals take the under. Thank yeah. me in October. There we go. <laughs> All right, before we continue the conversation here to the uh, next three teams in this division, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. And be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is officially here. We're on to the Sweet 16. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today, receive a special offer, bet 100, and get 100. Limited state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the longest uh, long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offers of a chance, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, the SGP guys are going to be hosting a Final Four watch party at the historic Ice House in Pasadena, California. Saturday, April 1st at 7.30 p.m. Get all the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. And if you're looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world, you can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang out with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. All right, let's get over to the next uh, team in this division. That's going to be the Chicago White Sox, uh, who currently have a win total of 82 and a half uh, for this AL Central division. Last season, we saw all the theatrics with uh, their then former manager, uh, Tony La Russa. But this was a team that was really plagued by injuries last season. We saw Eloy Jimenez. We saw Luis Roberts. Uh, Yohan Mankata probably had the worst year of his uh, of his career last season with the White Sox. Uh, they saw the departure of Jose Abreu, now headed to play first base for the Houston Astros as if they needed more help on offense. But um, now I think on paper, Kenny, this this team has a lot of talent when you look at their 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 batting lineup, but also their pitching rotation. Man, talk to me about the White Sox. A twin total of eighty two and a half. Yeah, I'm very high on the White Sox coming into this year. Uh, I think a lot of people overlook the fact that they were, like you mentioned, plagued by injuries last year. Their best players, Tim Anderson, Lou Rob, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, all missed significant time. And then you talk, talk about Jan Mancata, not even a question, had the worst season of his career. He should bounce back to, you know, again, regress to the mean, the type of player he is, and reflect more of the stats that are on the back of his baseball card. Um, you know, you you look at, I, I guess it's an addition, but it, the biggest addition is losing Tony La Russa. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I haven't seen anything like it last year. The Just the amount of fans, the people in, in the baseball media saying calling for this guy's job. It was it was crazy. The fact that the White Sox even let him finish out the season. Um, I think he ultimately cost them a, a shot at, at making the playoffs and potentially a run. But, yeah, you, you know, they got a ton of talent. They bring in Andrew Benatende, who I think, you know, 
is a franchise record contract. Pretty crazy that it goes to Andrew Benintende, but I think his skill set and the type of player he is will fit in nicely into the stadium and the lineup as well. Uh, just the White Sox lineup. So yeah, I, I'm high on the White Sox. The pitching rotation very strong. You got Cease, you got Kopech coming back. Uh, Lucas Giolito, a lot of question marks around him. He had a terrible year last year. You know, uh, pitchers are the one, the one, pe- the one position where when they have a really bad year. I always kind of question, like, is it the end for these guys? Because they're, you know, when, when, you know, look at guys like Tim Lincecum or Matt Harvey, like, you know, they were at the top and they just hit a cliff and just nosedive right off of there. So uh, I I am a little worried about Lucas Giolito coming into this year, what type of player he's going to be. But if he can get back to, you know, that 2020, 2021 type player we saw him be, I think the White Sox are are a very good team and they have a ton of value betting wise, um, especially on this preseason market that that we're looking at today. Noah? Well, when you look at this team, the talent was never the issue. Was literally, they had a man asleep at the wheel, uh, quite literally. <laughs> uh, we've even seen videos of him falling asleep in the dugout, and I've been able to have the pleasure to post those on social media. But uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start with pitching. I always I always bet on pitching. And you have Cease, who a lot <laughs> – I mean – you you're either hearing people that are all the way in or all the way out on cease quite hilarious um but i mean you know this guy if he stays healthy is going to be giving it a run for the strikeout leader in 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 the league um and then i see bounce back candidates all throughout this rotation after him lance lynn who is a guy that had a knee injury in the spring training. He was my preseason Cy Young pick. I mean, I still like the guy. I'm not going to go in on Cy Young again with him. Um, he is getting a little bit older, about to turn 36. But I really like uh, Lynn's uh, pitch up repertoire and how like how he strategizes it because he's got three fastballs and he throws it by about like 65% of the time saying, hit this. And a, a lot of people can't catch up to the movement and the different speeds that he's able to like create in variation. Um, Lucas Giolito change up. God, we'll see if it pans out for him again. Like he's got to be able to locate that thing. You can't be hanging some of these changeups. Um, a lot of people hate the Clevenger signing. I don't think it's too bad. And Kopech was a guy that I was super high on last year and he had yeah. that knee injury in the middle of the year and he was never the same. Um, this bullpen's not bad. They've got pieces back there, and Aaron Bummer, Kendall Graveman, um, Joe Kelly, and Jake Diekman as well. So they have two righties, two lefties that you're able to trust. Um, and then the lineup <clears throat> is uh, – it's it, I mean, it's better than average, <laughs> to put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Colas, Colas is uh, a guy that I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, I've been drafting him. Uh, taking some late round chances on him quite a bit in fantasy baseball. Uh, I think there's definitely a spot for him because Gavin Sheets cannot play defense in the outfield. Um, and this guy was able to hit the shit out of the ball in the minor leagues all the way up. And I mean, when when you've got Yasmani Grandal hitting seven, uh, who's just an on base machine, you, you could talk about the walks all you want. Um, it, like if he's getting on setting the table for the bottom of the lineup to get it back to the top where you have Tim Anderson, who's leading the league in batting average since 2019. He's one of the best leadoff hitters in the, in the MLB. So this, this team has the pieces, but again, uh, uh, AL central teams, I, I'm taking the under on a few of these and I'm going back at it with the white Sox again. 
Yeah, I think we've seen where, I mean, shockingly last year, the Chicago White Sox finished the, in the entire league with the second most hits as a team, uh, right in between the Blue Jays and the Red Sox last year. So, um, again, the, the potential is definitely there with this team. But, you know, like Kenny talked about and Noah, you talked about as well, is that they were really hurt by injuries last year, both in their batting lineup and in the pitching rotation. Uh, Dylan Cease was a guy that we were all uh, high on last year. He had a great year uh you know, for the White Sox last year. But you talked about the Lance Lynn injury in, in in spring training with the knee injury. I think that really set him back, like you mentioned. And then, you know, there's potential in the rotation as well with Michael Kopech we talked about. Hopefully, Lucas Giolito is able to bounce back like the guy he was in the 2020-2021 season. So on paper, it looks like this White Sox team, again, could compete and should compete for the AL Central title. Uh, but just because it's it's so top heavy right now, I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna lean to the under. I think that they've probably finished the realm of 80, 80 to 79 wins as well. Again, health is gonna be the biggest thing with this team as that was it was last season. So we'll see what happens with this team. I mentioned it with Cease. He's fourth on the leaderboard for strikeout leader this year. He's 10 to 1. So it's not a bad look if he stays healthy. Third for Cy Young, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, two years ago, would you have thought Dylan Cease would be uh, the third favorite coming into the year for Cy Young? Yeah, he got snubbed for the AL uh, All Star team last year, and he finished with like what a, a sub two five ERA. It was like he was maybe the third, uh, came in third or second for the AL Cy Young, and he didn't make the All Star team. Amazing, man. It's crazy. I was reading. Uh, I was reading an article before um, that Kopech might start opening day. Really? Wow. Overseas. I, I would be surprised by that, but I love Kopech. Yeah, I, I bet on him a ton last year before he went down and yeah. uh, made a lot of money on him last year. But yeah, I, I would be shocked if Cease does not start opening day for the White Sox. Me too. Um, and and since we touched on Kopech, I mean, this guy can get up there to triple digits with that fastball and he's got a wipeout slider. His question is like last year he was able to make it work with the two pitches. Uh, we were looking for a little bit more on the curveball. Uh, like I was high on him, I was expecting it. I didn't see it too much. We actually saw it more from the changeup, which isn't great when you look into his like stat cast numbers on the pitch. I would like to see more from the curveball um, going forward from Kopech here. Yeah, don't see last year 14 and 8, 184 innings pitched, 227 strikeouts. He had a strikeout per nine innings at 11.1. Um, Lucas Giolito, um, shockingly, 9.9 in that category, and Lance Lynn, 9.2. So, uh, again, the potential is definitely there with this pitching rotation, as it is with the batting order. I think it's just about health for this team um, uh, going forward into this year. Um, all right, guys, let's get into the next uh, team here. Two teams left here for the AL Central Division. And I think these two teams will be probably neck and neck uh, competing for the title for this upcoming uh, or AL Central uh, Division title for this upcoming year. Minnesota Twins uh, currently sitting with a win projection of 83 and a half. And they started kind of constructing this, I think, pitching rotation last year. They did make some trades with Tyler Male. Uh, you have uh, Kenton Maeda that they had on this roster as well. They saw uh, brought in Pablo Lopez as well. Um, but I think for this team, you saw the we saw the return and the, all the fiasco that kind of went on with Carlos Correa <laughs> in the offseason from the Giants to the Mets and then returning back to the Minnesota Twins. Um, I think the biggest thing for this team, I think, well, one of the biggest thing is always the health of Byron Bucks, uh, Byron, Byron Buxton, that if he's able to get, I think we can probably forget about 
getting a full, not a full season, but maybe a hundred and forty-five plus games from this guy. Because again, when he is on the field playing, he's an MVP candidate in my eyes. But I think if you're able to get at least 120 games out of Byron Buxton, I think that's a win for this Minnesota Twins team. But Kenny, let's start here with the Minnesota Twins here. Uh, see the return of Carlos Correa. They add some uh, veterans with Michael Taylor. They got Christian Vasquez at the catcher position. Some potential at the starting rotation, but what are your thoughts about this Minnesota Twins team coming into this year? The Twins are a tough team to handicap coming into this year because a lot of their question marks is just really around health, right? Um, like they led the pretty much the division. They were in first place almost the entire season last year. Kind of the wheels kind of fell off at the end. Buxton gets hurt, you know, down the stretch and, you know, they kind of stumbled, but yeah, I mean, if, if Buxton can, can play, can stay healthy and stay in the lineup over the last two years, he's played 153 games. He's got, he's worth eight and a half wins. Like he's yeah. arguably one of the best players in baseball, you know, behind maybe Otani and trout. Um, so yeah, if Buxton can stay healthy, Correa, What's going on with his ankle, right? I mean, the fact that the Giants and Mets were both – the Mets, of all people, Cohen with empty, limitless pockets, said, nah, let's pump the brakes and we're not going to sign this guy for an ankle injury that he's never really had since, what, before he, when he was in the minors? 2014. Um, you know, a lot of question marks around Correa. You look at Malley and Kenta Maeda, they get those guys. But you look at their, them in the, the spring training so far – the velocity is down on both of them. Kenta Maeda, seven walks already and in nine innings pitched. Usually a great location control pitcher. Uh, you know, coming back from the injury, is he a, a, t- a tick lower now? Um, you know, they trade Luis Arise, one of the best contact hitters in baseball for Pablo Lopez. Obviously, the bullpen gets stronger, but you lose one of the best hitters in your lineup for a lineup that is filled with players who get hurt all the time. Yeah. And let me ask you guys, you know, we're, we're getting older here. I'm, I'm in my 30s now. Is it harder to stay healthy when you're old or younger? <laughs> right? like, like these guys are just getting older. So, yeah, I mean, the, t- the, the Twins team, very nice on paper. It, it sounds great if they can put a healthy season together. But I just don't want to put my money and bank on them turning in a, a healthy season when they haven't shown that they can do it. I think this was a, the, one of the teams, if they were not top five, if not top three as far as players that uh, were on the IL, which really cost them a lot of wins um, last season. I mean, Kenny, you touched on it. Like They were leading the division for most of the season last year until kind of injuries derailed what happened with this team last year. So um, it, it just seems like it's been a theme, at least for the, for the, the White Sox and the Twins, uh, about health concerns and, and guys being healthy. Obviously, you know, when your guys are healthy and playing up to their potential, I mean, this would be a fun race to watch between the Guardians, the Twins, and the White Sox. But, Noah, get into the Twins here, man. Yeah, we still get that fluky Buxton injury on the baseline. But uh, Michael A. Taylor, the signing of him from the Twins uh, in the offseason flew under the radar because Mm -hmm. he's such a great defensive outfielder that they're going to be able to stick him back there. And Buxton's going to be able to DH. Now, you still would like buxton to use his five tool uh ability and be able to take some bags uh especially with them you know shrinking the baseline a little bit um but that uh should help them keep uh him healthy throughout the year they'll be uh switching on and off buxton and michael a taylor in center field because when taylor's not playing center field he's not going to be in this lineup they're going to uh you know probably hit trevor larnick or (coughs) Kyle Kyle Farmer in that DH spot. Um, 
But the interesting thing about this team for me is I think they're going to lead the league in strikeouts, like hitter-wise. And mm. they they got rid of Luis Arias, who's their contact lord, and they have a lot of boomer-bust potential uh, with all these bats in this lineup. And really, it's they're going with the new ball era, which is like you're you're hitting home runs. You're not even worry, worrying about guys on base, really. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of that style of play. Like it, I was, I was tailing it last year in the playoffs just cause I mean, that was how they've, uh, I mean, the playoff teams have won in the past, but it's not how I think you sustain wins throughout the regular season. And also when you're looking at the starting rotation, always bet on pitching. They've got a bunch of SP threes. Like they don't have an ACE. They really, a couple of these guys, I don't even know if they're SP twos and they're a little bit better than SP four, uh, fours and fives. Uh, Pablo Lopez looks like the projected ACE on this team. He's projected a three, eight, seven from a steamer. Uh, Sonny Gray, who's one of my favorites from Vandy. He's a Vandy boy, but three, nine, one from a steamer. And then you get into the SP threes, SP fours, and it's Joe Ryan, Tyler Malley, and Kenta Maeda. Um, they do have some guys that are ready to step up into that rotation. Uh, if need be, um, I'm blanking on some of these names, but, uh, Bailey Ober is a guy that I'm high on this year. Mm -hmm. I, I think he could sneak into this and another guy a little bit farther into the, uh, you know, farm is Simeon Woods Richardson, uh, who I think could be quite a, addition to this uh, starting rotation here. If any of these guys falter or really just don't, um, you know, perform, but I, I, the, the bullpen to me is really? lackluster. Really? No, no. I, I don't really like this bullpen much at all. Um, you you have, getting, you're, what, they're getting, what's his name? Al- Alcala back. I, yeah, they have Jorge Alcala, um, but Jorge Lopez and Johan Duran are the only two that I really trust in that back end. Um, they acquired Lopez at, at trade deadline. Uh, he's going to be their closer from Baltimore. Um, and a guy that you know I, I've always kept my eye on because he's a local um, is Randy Dobnak, but he's been battling injuries like left and right. Um, this bullpen to me has been not much special in my opinion. You have Pagan who's been... Uh, pretty lackluster the last four or five years. Um, so for me, I'm on the under again with the twins here. Yeah. I, um, I don't think I gave an answer. I, I like the under as well. Yeah. Um, and you, you said it, uh, Munif, that the, the twins, they were actually first in the AL, second in all of baseball last year with uh, most days on the IL. And they were second in baseball as far as the loss, like the war loss from the players that were on the IL. So, you know, important players went down for them but the tigers and twins most hits prevented since 2020 by the shift no shift this year could be big for for the twins defense yeah again when I, at the top of the show i mentioned i feel like this division might be the one division and the next thing that we'll talk about that could benefit the most from the the from the all the the changes and and especially the defensive uh shift being banned now and and, and things like that so uh, i think we're all in agreement about the under for the twins for this upcoming season what leads us to the division winner last year, which was the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, they come into the season with a win total of 86 and a half. Um, I was completely wrong about this team last year. I took the under as the best bet for them, but they completely made me a fool last year. It was really led by their pitching last year. Um, and you just take a look at the names uh, that are in this pitching rotation. Uh, we start with, obviously, Shane Bieber at the top of this um, uh, this pitching rotation. 
Cy Young candidate every single year. Mm-hmm. Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, Aaron Savali, Zach Plezak. So they do have, uh, you know, some guys that are definitely more than capable of, of you know, being above average pitchers, especially when we talk about the top two guys in this pitching rotation. And I think the offense was the, the bigger concern for me last year as well, because when we talk about small ball in baseball, I felt like the Cleveland Guardians were the definition of, of that uh, last year. They did add Josh Bell to come in, uh, be that DH for them, provide a little more power with Jose Ramirez in that three spot. Obviously, Stephen Kwan uh, came flying out of the gate last year. Uh, uh, in his rookie year. Uh, then you kind of go down the, that list. Andres Jimenez, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, they picked up Mike Zanino, um, when healthy, one of the better defensive catchers, I think, in the, in the league. Miles Straw patrolling the outfield for them as well. So can you take us into this Cleveland Guardians team? Do you think they repeat as a division champs here and get over their win total? I don't know if they get over that win total. I think the Guardians are going to be a team that is affected by not playing the Royals and the Tigers as many times as they do. They're yeah. they're one of the teams that just loves beating up on the bottom of that division. But I do think the Guardians are in contention to win that division. Uh, you mentioned the starting pitching. They have Class A, one of the you know best closers in baseball. Great yeah. bullpen surrounding Class A. Uh, and, and then you look at the lineup. They add Josh Bell who there was a lot of talk about, you know, when he got traded midseason last year to the Padres, how his numbers kind of fell off and he wasn't the same type of player. I've always been under the belief when players get traded midseason, I already expect their numbers to take a dip. Like these guys are human beings at the end of the day. They're moving their their families, their lives. They're just packing up and leaving. There's a lot going on, right? Of course, their numbers are probably going to take a dip. So I, I think Josh Bell's going to have a very nice year w- with this Guardians team. You look at the Guardians' numbers last year, they were ranked 29th in total shifts. So they're not going to be a team that's affected by losing the, sh- the ability to implement the shift on defense, right? Um, I-, I think the Guardians are another team. You mentioned they play a lot of small ball. You add a bat like Josh Bell to that lineup, add some power. Mike Zanino, you know, they didn't get a ton of production from the catching spot last year. That Those numbers should only go up with Mike Zanino if he can stay healthy. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Guardians. I think they're at plus 145. I saw them to win the division. I don't hate that, um, but I do think 86 and a half wins for them is a lot. And especially when you look at the over being juiced to minus 130, I would probably lean under there. Guardians were one of the teams last year, I think the only team in this AL Central division that had a winning record against their division division opponents last year. And now with change, I think that, yeah, definitely will impact their win total for this upcoming season. Last year, uh, the Guardians were, let's see, 12. They were 12 and 8 against National League opponents. Uh, but again, like you mentioned there, Kenny, that this might be a team that like to beat up on you know the bottom of the division last year where it may affect where or could affect and will affect the win total for this upcoming year so um yeah i think that again like noah mentioned that we might see this division of four of the five teams if not all five teams finish below their win total projections for this upcoming season uh noah what do you got for the cleveland guardians uh, you guys are stealing my, uh, you know, my, my angle on the whole division, but this is the one team that I'm not actually applying it to. It's like this pitching staff is capable of being able to beat a broad a variety of all these teams throughout the league. And you look at it last year, there were a couple of games away from, you know, potentially playing in the AL championship series mm-hmm. and, uh, the guardian starting rotation, all these guys are in their primes. Um, 
I mean, Bieber 27, McKenzie 25, Quantrill 27, Savali 27, Plesak 28. The last two in Savali and Plesak, they're not sexy, but like they get the job done. And this is a top five rotation in all of baseball. And I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to repeat anything that you guys have said from some of my notes here, but. I mean, this pitching staff is just filled with young, talented. Like, it's not just filled with young, talented starters. Like, it's young throughout the entire bullpen as well. Is nobody older through uh, nobody older than twenty seven in this bullpen? And it starts with Emmanuel Clase and James Karachak and leverage spots, along with Trevor Steffen, Nick Sandlin, Sam Hedges. Um, The only question is: is Hedges is uh, he has shoulder inflammation, um, and he's been battling this throughout spring training. Um, They only have outside of Hedges. Whenever he comes back, they've only got one lefty in this entire pitching staff, so that's a little bit nerving. Um, And if you're looking for a lefty, I mean, I would go as far as saying like, into your farm. If if I'm a uh, a Guardians fan. I would be starting to clamor for like Joey Cantillo and Doug Nikhazy to come up. Like some of these guys are talented enough to take some innings in the back half of uh, games, like as, as a long reliever type option as a lefty to give other teams another look. Cause this is like the Astros had the same deal. They didn't have any lefties, but the dealt, you know, um, I, I, I see Cleveland as the exact same way from the pitching side of things. And this lineup, you guys mentioned the additions of uh, Josh Bell and Mike Zanino. That's a projected 36 home runs to this lineup that they didn't have a year ago. And they basically yeah. had no offensive production at all from Austin Hedges, who is one of the worst offensive catchers in all of baseball. <laughs> um, a, a thing that you guys didn't talk, touch on was Jose Ramirez last year from June on was battling a severe thumb injury labeled as that he had surgery in the off season, but he played through that the whole year and was still the best player on this offense. And that was the reason why we were all down on this team a year ago is that yeah. there was a bunch of contract talks. And we were thinking that he might've been getting traded before the season even started. That yeah. didn't happen. They extended him before opening day and we were like, Oh shit, we're going to eat shit on this team throughout the entire year. That kind of did happen this year. Yeah. I'm not nervous about that at all. Uh, they have their stud locked in for another four years and they have a bunch of contact Lords around them. Like I really like, a lot of the pieces on this team, they ranked 29th in the bomb department last year. Bell and Zanino is definitely going to help um, as they shouldn't be in the bottom five of the league in that home run category anymore. Um, here, here's what I'm going to say. Cleveland, not a sexy team on paper to the common man, but that's why I love them. I mean, not, you know, uh, Emmanuel Closet plus 600 to lead the league in saves. He did it last year with 42. I like it again this year. Uh, I like the over 86 and a half wins, um, but I love Cleveland plus 130 to win this division. I think they're the most complete team um, and minus 135 is a great look for them to make the playoffs. Uh, it's for me, a lot of these uh, I don't end up playing. Like I, I like plus odds in the preseason that yeah. I can jump on. I, mm-hmm. I don't really play a lot of the props that are even money just because, you know, an injury could change things. But this is the most comfortable I feel on any of these teams in the AL Central to do what I think they can do. Uh, Cleveland over 86 and a half is the lean. The bet is plus 130 to win the AL Central. And let's not forget that they have Terry, Funk, uh, Terry Francona in their dugout as a manager, right? And I think right. what this is going into his 11th year. And, you know, he's... Uh, he, 
really underrated in my opinion when we talk about managers in the in the, in the entire MLB. But oh, that's um, not your Boston Red Sox fandom speaking. <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> carry, look, the, guy gets the, the guy the guy gets the job done, right? And, he does, and that's why he's been the longest tenured manager now for the Indians slash the Guardians now. So um, yeah, I'm not going to argue about Guardians winning the division here. I'm going to go with you. I think the Guardians do win the division uh, for this upcoming season here, Noah. Um, so let's get Kenny. Let's get your division winner here, and then we'll talk about some things outside of baseball or outside of the division that you like? Yeah, so I, I wrote down two, and, and there's a caveat to it. If you want to play it safe and just go with the safer bet, I think the Guardians. You know, you, There's not as many question marks around their team. Um, they're not as injury-plagued as the Twins and the White Sox looking back the last few seasons. And at plus money, you're getting the, the, the reigning division champ. I just can't stop looking though at the White Sox at plus 250. Like the value to me is, is on the White Sox. If they come in, they play their game and they're just healthy, this is the White Sox division, no question. I think they're the better team. They have the better pitching, they have the better players. Um, so yeah, I, I like the White Sox at plus 250 uh, to win the division, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Guardians do win it just because, like I said, I, I, everything we've just said, I think they're the safer, safer play. I think you nailed it when you said the biggest uh, off-season move was addition or subtract or addition by subtraction with Tony Russo <laughs> leaving this team for the Chicago White Sox. I mean, we clowned on the on, on him uh, so much last year, um, but yeah, with a new manager now in there and hopefully with hopefully injury and health on their side. Uh, would I be shocked if I see the White Sox win this division? Absolutely not, because you know, just when we talked about this team with a the everyday lineup that they do have from even one through seven, it's definitely a, a team that can definitely rake. Again, we talked about the pitching rotation with guys that obviously with Dylan Cease, but outside of him, um, you know, we can definitely see guys like Lance Lynn bouncing back and, and Michael Kopech that I know both Noah and I, Noah and I are high on yeah. uh, coming up for this upcoming year. I have a I have a question. So yeah. we're both or all, all three of us are pretty confident that uh, Kansas City and Detroit are in the cellar in this division, correct? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so What's wrong with sprinkling a little bit on trifectas in a division? So Cleveland, we all have winning this division, correct? So yeah. we go Cleveland, Minnesota, White Sox. That's plus four fifty. Cleveland, White Sox, Minnesota. That's plus five hundred. Split sprinkle a half unit on both of those, and at the end of the season, if the Guardians win, uh, you have a pretty good shot at making some money with both of those. What's White Sox, Guardians, Twins? Uh, White Sox, Guardians, Twins is plus six fifty. I like I, I like going taking the Guardians to win it and then sprinkle that one because okay. I don't see the Twins winning the division and yeah. I don't see the Twins coming in second ahead of the Guardians. I don't see them coming in fourth or fifth either. No, yeah, exactly. I think the Twins yeah. are locked at that third spot there. So I think if you go Guardians at plus money to win it, which is the safer play, mm-hmm, and then yeah. you go like the trifecta, like you just said, with White Sox Guardians as a slight hedge, I like that. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, before we continue some more baseball talk with Kenny here, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right, Kenny, take us over to something or any win totals, uh, anything that you want to give out as far as outside of the NL Central, or sorry, the AL Central division that you may be eyeing, whether it's win totals, 
uh, awards, markets, anything you want to give out to our listeners? So I got a couple here. Uh, one, the Tampa Bay Rays over 89 and a half wins. Okay. I love this bet. I think there's tremendous value on the Rays. Uh, one, I, I've been betting on them heavy over the last few years, made a lot of money on them. But two, just the schedule change we've been talking about, the fact that they're not going to have to play as many games versus the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, is only going to help this team, right? Uh, and then you look, they're getting Glass now back. Uh, they still have Shane McClanahan. Wander Franco should be healthy this year, I, I hope. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you know, the Rays, they just continue to play very good baseball, right? They lose guys. It doesn't matter who they lose. They just refuel, retool, and they just keep it moving. They're, they're a powerhouse organization. The management is great there. Um, so, yeah, I think 89.5 wins at minus 110 is uh, is a steal. And I wouldn't be shocked if they win that division. I love the Rays team this year. Yes, yes. They have the best pitching staff in all of baseball. <laughs> it's Let's not go. Even close. It's not Moon- even close. Moonoff's not on it. I am, you know, I take the Rays under every single year thinking that something's going to blow up in their face. But every single year they go out and win like 90 plus games. And then at the end of the season, I'm like, what was I thinking? So I'm right back on the train of taking the under again this year. But, um, Maybe Kenny, you'll 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 you're you're convincing me to maybe take the over on them for this upcoming year in the AL East. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Uh, and then, I mean, again, just because this is I'm a Mets fan, so I know this is how it goes. We lose Jacob Degrom. He's going to be fully healthy this year. He's going to pitch an amazing year. He's going to light it up for the Rangers, and every Mets fan is going to sit there and go, "Damn." Uh, <laughs> so Jacob Degrom win the AL Cy Young plus five hundred. If there's no question Jacob DeGrom at some point will be the favorite to win the Cy Young. Um, and the only way he probably doesn't win it is if he gets hurt. So, you know, I've been doing this every year where I'll bet Jacob DeGrom to win the Cy Young preseason, and then I'll use it to kind of hedge out on other players as his odds drop. Um, so I'm going to do the same plus 500 Jacob DeGrom AL Cy Young. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you can't argue against DeGrom. I mean, we've seen throughout his entire career the how dominant he's been again uh, more recent years it's it's been health that's been the issue for him i know some type of injury already crept up for him and i think it was during spring training but you know if you're a rangers fan or if you're betting on cy young for uh jacob degrom i think that again healthy the guy's lights out it's automatic seven innings shut seven shutout innings for this guy every time he um goes out there and pitches now, hopefully with the Rangers, he does get more run support. I'm I'm sure, <laughs> Kenny, you're, you know too much about that, where he's out there, he doesn't get any run support. But with the Rangers, hopefully they can provide him some run support. He can uh, pile up those wins for sure uh, for the Texas Rangers. Do uh, you have anything else you want to get up before we get to some uh, best bets for the AL Central Division? Um, no, I just have some like future bets on World Series, which I think we're going to talk about later, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about yes. it after we give out our best bets here uh, for the AL Central Division. So why don't we just jump right into it, best bets. Um, Noah, kick us off, whether it's a win total, division winner, anything within the division as your best bet for this uh, AL Central. So, <clears throat> whoa, Vegas voice. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> Vegas, um, Vegas got you, huh? Oh, yeah, it got all of us. Um, 86 and a half wins. Could be a little bit high. These guys are a little bit nervous on it. You know, they do have to venture outside of the AL Central more than in past years. However, they're still going to win the division. Plus 130 for the Guardians is my best bet. And the long shots, Emmanuel Clause, plus 600 to lead the league in saves. Love it. Uh, Kenny, what do you got? Best bet for this AL Central division you want to give? I have the Chicago White Sox over 83 and a half wins, plus money, 106. Um I know, I know both of you guys were on the under there, but 
I'm a sucker for the White Sox, man. I've been betting on them for years. You know, I've been on that lefty trend where they just absolutely demolish lefties for a they while do. now. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it, if they can, again, stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit for this team. They got all the talent, so just need to put the pieces together. Yeah. Um, I think I'm a little sour on the White Sox after what happened last year, but I think one of my bigger bets was on the White Sox to get over their win total. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, I factored in the the Tony Larusa uh, thing last year. For they hit team. me hard too. I was all over them. I thought they were making it yeah. to the World Series. Yeah, they hit me. But can, um, let me ask you. Yeah. It's kind of like football, right? Like you remember the Chargers coming into this year? There was all the hype on the Chargers, mm-hmm. and then they just came out. They had a mediocre year. I feel like just in in sports in general, especially as betting becomes so big and so you know what, mainstream, I feel like when 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 you see these teams in in the media getting all the hype, all the love, it's usually just a huge red flag to just yeah. fade, 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 right? So last year. The White Sox were, were the darling. Everyone was picking them as the dark horse to win it all. They had a, a lot of nice players, and they kind of just fell flat on their face. I think we'll see them rebound this year and play to what a lot of people thought they were going to be last year. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you. They kept a lot of those guys. The only thing is, like, the the clubhouse did have a little bit of issue down the dog days, and they lost Jose Abreu, who's a big presence down there. Um, Tim Anderson's going to need to step up in that leadership role. We all know he can do it. It's just, I mean... Is he committed to playing the 162 long game? Because we see him playing out there, having a ton of fun in the WBC right now. And that's how he should, like, that's how we know he can play and he's capable of doing it. So if he can step up, I, I like the over two. But I, I just need to see it to believe it. I've lost so much money on this White Sox team lately. <laughs> the uh, the Abreu loss is big because not only yeah. was he obviously a big veteran presence, but he was like a very timely hitter, right? Like when the game yeah. was on on the line, pressure was there. You could always count on Jose Abreu to get you that double or RBI double or whatever you need it. So he's a big loss for them. Yeah. Uh, all right. For my best bet, I am going to go with the under on the Kansas City Royals. Um, I am outside of Brady Singer. I'm just not a believer in that pitching rotation. I think it's going to cost them a lot of games uh, for this upcoming season, even if they are having less division games for this upcoming year with a schedule change. I think even with, you know, facing some of these NL teams, I think that these these pitchers are just going to give it up. Um, they do have a promising uh, lineup for sure. But again, I just think that they're in a position where these pitchers are are just going to just give up an insurmountable amount of runs, and it's going to cost them games this upcoming year. And again, they're at the bottom of the or at bottom of the division with a win total of sixty nine and a half. So I can see where they do probably end up winning maybe sixty five, sixty six, just getting under this win total for this upcoming year for the Kansas City Royals. So uh, my best bet for the division, I will go under on the Kansas City Royals. Hey, that's a W for us. Munaf's lower on the Royals than the Tigers. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right, Kenny. Uh, I am going to give you the floor here. Your World Series prediction for the upcoming year, my man. So you want from each side or who like who I think is meeting in there? Yeah, yeah. Who's meeting? Up? What's going to be the matchup come October? If you have so, any other futures type or anything, thing. Yeah. yeah. One future I was looking at uh, before the show, and then it's funny because, you know, you mentioned him. I was looking at it was plus 1800, so it's a little juicy and, you know, a long shot. But Oscar Colas, uh, AL Rookie of the Year. There uh, we go. Lighten it up, spring training, potential to be on the opening day in the opening day lineup. So, you know, he's a player. If he comes in, steps in, and the White Sox, you know, are a team that great hitters around him, maybe he gets good pitches to see. Uh, and if they play the way they think, Maybe, you know, he gets a little bit of that credit for the White Sox kind of taking that next step forward. So that's one I'm going to keep my eye on uh, him, rookie of the year, plus 1,800. Love that. But 
for the World Series, what we've all been waiting for. Obviously, in, in the National League side, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you got to go with the Mets. <laughs> you got to go with the Mets. And I'm not saying that as a biased Mets fan because the Mets have done me so dirty for so long. Um, I just think when Steve Cohen took over that team, obviously every baseball fan knows that organization just changed all around. Uh, the guys love playing there. They have a lot of fun. You look at, you know, Edwin Diaz just went down. Steve Cohen gets him a personal chef, nutritionist and a trainer. So it's just, you know, a gr- great atmosphere in, in the clubhouse, which is, which is huge for, you know, in a baseball season, it's such a grind. You need to keep things positive. Uh, I think Lindor another year in New York, I think he'll take another step forward, get back to being closer to the player we saw when he was in Cleveland. Uh, Polar Pete, obviously we all know what he does, he smashes baseballs. And then they bring in a ton of pitchers, Verlander. It does worry me that he's a little a little older, but you know it's still Verlander coming off a Cy Young year. So I, I think we'll get a good performance out of him. Max Scherzer coming off the, the way he ended last year. The competitor, competitor that he is, I think he's going to come into this year fired up, looking to rewrite things uh, and rewrite the wrongs that happened last year. Tough division, though, right? You look at the Phillies and the Braves, two elite. I think it's probably the best division in baseball now, them or the, the AL East. But um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Mets on the NL side. And the AL side, I don't want to do it, but the Astros, I mean – you, you, you got to beat them, right, to get there. They get Jose Abreu. They still have – the lineup is just scary, scary good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Mets versus the Astros in the World Series. Can I ask you something about the Mets? <clears throat> sure. The two top dogs in that rotation, former Tigers, they were with each other at the same time in our golden days. Mm-hmm. But they were unable to get the job done in the big moments in the playoffs. And both of them, like – Scherzer and Verlander have had some hiccups in the postseason in October. Uh, do you think that comes around at all uh, where we have the same thing that we were looking at with the Mets against the Padres last year? Always a possibility. It's definitely always a possibility, especially, you know, you look at Scherzer in the playoffs last year, kind of did the same thing, just kind of fizzled out. Um, I, I think it's a lot of it is going to depend on how the Mets can preserve their arms throughout the season. Um, They're both older guys. If they're out there, you know, if if the Mets can do a good job of kind of limiting their innings during the season and keep them fresh for the postseason, I don't think it'll be an issue. But if they're going out there throwing these guys, you know, seven, eight innings every time they pitch, um, I think they'll probably wear down closer to the postseason for sure. All right. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Kenny, anything else that you have? Or did we tap you all out, my man? Who do you guys like for the World Series? I also picked the Astros. Well, we're going to do our futures next week, but I'll, I'll say Astros. I mean, like you said, somebody's got to beat them, right? But He lives uh, in Houston. You know? Yeah, and I live in Houston, too. <laughs> so uh, I will go Astros, and I think it's going to be a rematch again with the Braves, man. I just really like this Braves roster, uh, the team that they've put together. I think they're well-balanced on both sides, whether it's their pitching and, and their uh, their batting uh, lineup as well. So um, I think it's going to be a rematch of the Braves and the Astros. That's mine too. I've got the Braves beating the Astros, but we'll talk about it more in coming episodes for sure. Yep. I, I actually do have one more future for you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Which Hit us. it's just insanity to me. Uh, the LA Dodgers to win the NL West. Uh, I know that the Padres have got a, you know, a ton of new pieces and they look super stacked and they're a sexy team, but they're still the LA Dodgers kind of reminds me again, related back to football coming into this year, 
The Chargers get all those new nice pieces. The Broncos retool. And everyone kind of thought that they were going to surpass the Kansas City Chiefs. But we learned very quickly they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this will be pretty similar this year. Uh, the Dodgers, you can get a minus 120 to win, win the division. I think that's an absolute steal. I think that's what you mentioned, Kenny, like, with like last year when we talked about how everybody was picking the Chicago White Sox to be that that big sexy pick that the media and everybody was talking about. I think the Padres are that team this year that Absolutely. I know they're missing Fernando Tatis Jr. with the suspension and things like that. And um I think there's still questions at the at, at the in the pitching rotation. I know you have you Darvish who had a really good season last year. Um after that, Blake Snell, I know they traded for him a couple seasons ago. Uh, it's it's like I need to see. I know I know they beat the Dodgers in in the divisional series last year, but you're right. I mean, when we talk about 162 games, the way the Dodgers teams can really just grind it out on the talent that they do have. I know they lost some key pieces when we talk about the two Turners. Um, Walker Buehler is going to be missing pretty much the entire year with the Tommy John surgery as well. But I think one sneaky Cy Young I really do like for the National League is Julio Urias because he was absolutely phenomenal last year. Uh, for this Dodgers team. Now, I think he catapults himself into that number one or number two guy with Kershaw. Um, and I think he could really pick up where he left off last year. And I think that now, if he does get into another 18, 19, 20 wins with a sub, you know, 250 ERA or 230 ERA, gets the strikeouts, I think he should be in the conversation again for Cy Young. So I really do like him. I, I picked him as a Cy Young for this opening year. I like that one. I might sprinkle that one with you as well because I feel like what was hurting him some, like last year was the fact that he was on the Dodgers, whereas yeah. this year, you know, there's not as much uh, like hype around the Dodgers. So I like yeah. that one. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast, the 2023 AL Central Division Preview. Uh, Noah, anything else we need to mention before we get out of here, buddy? World Baseball Classic final on tonight. We just did a little preview pod where we uh, we actually reviewed everything that we gave out. We made a shitload of money on our futures for the WBC. Very successful tournament. I still have Japan 3-1 to one to win it all. Um, it's going to be tough rooting for uh, money or heart. Um, but I, <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, Team Samurai Japan. All right. <laughs> Uh, Kenny, uh, anything else you want to uh, plug and then uh, let our listeners know where they can find you on uh, any platforms or social media? Don't listen to him. Team USA all the way. <laughs> Trout hitting seven bombs tonight. Right. That's for sure. Um, but now, yeah, you, you guys can find me at uh, Instagram, Twitter. My social handles at Kenny bets big. Uh, if you ever have any questions, betting advice, whatever it is, uh, just shoot me a DM. I always get back to people. All right. Uh, again, make sure to follow the MLB Gambling Podcast account at uh, MLB SGPN. We have one more division preview that will be on Thursday for the AL Central, or sorry, the NL Central division. Uh, and then next week we will wrap it up with uh, futures and all that before the season starts, I believe, next Thursday. Um, all right. That's going to do it. Uh, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.